Hello, everybody. Welcome to Please Be Excited. My name is John. I'm your host. If you're new to the show, this is a podcast about movies and TV shows and whatever we're excited to talk about each week. Today's episode is picking up on our D&D campaign. Um, It's not a session. It's just us chatting about our favorite bits that have happened, different highlights and uh, character moments and stuff like that. Um, and we were able to get Chris and Stephanie on to talk about their characters because they weren't on the last one. So it's pretty fun. Uh, I had to I had to bail out <laughs> pretty early <laughs> for uh, for cat reasons because my house is a circus um, and I had to take care of uh, my animal children. But I think it's I think it's a fun good episode uh, with Chad Chris. Stephanie and Jimbo all talking about uh, their characters and what they've really enjoyed in the D&D campaign. Um, yeah, so that's that's the episode today. Uh, I will say update about taking a break. I think there will be two episodes after this. So we will likely put out episode 60, go on break, and I think maybe come back in late October. I might push it to November, but I'm hoping late October so I can get into some some horror movie stuff for Halloween. I think that would be fun to put together. But yeah, I'm just really hoping to uh, get a little rest, take a break, come back. And I would like to do some stuff that's a little bit bigger and uh, a little more involved and cooler for the podcast. So that's the current plan. Um, Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. Yeah. like jump into it i don't know maybe jonathan if you want to add an introduction later but you don't have to i don't know since you're the one who publishes it it's up to you i mean yeah i'll just do a intro later cool i figured you might have notes and stuff on where you wanted to go with it yeah yeah i do but i mean i was more just like hanging out and talking about it nothing had to be you know too much of a structure or whatever um yeah i don't really know where to start um i guess like you know the first one we talked about everything up to lonelywood basically so i don't know i just kind of want to go over like a talks machina episode you know the after show for critical role just kind of go over a lot of stuff that happened in Lonelywood, that whole arc. Um, so yeah, I don't know where to start. I guess like, how do you guys feel about how it played out versus like your expectations going in of what you know what was going on, what might happen, stuff like that. Yeah. Jimbo, yeah. <laughs> what do okay. you think? My expectations going in were that. 
I thought that it would be this like epic journey through the woods, but I didn't think there would be much of a diversion from the main quest. I thought it would be pretty like pretty simple of us just kind of finding the witch after a campaign or after a session or two. And then we would like have a conversation with her, either fight her or like talk her into joining our side or something. I didn't think it was going to get much more complex than that, which I thought like even that's just cool enough, just like wandering through the woods to see the witch kind of storyline. But it took so many different paths like the that took us away from that main like quest that we were on and every single thing that Chad would have us like do or get distracted by or some kind of threat that we would encounter just added like so much to the to the storyline that we were doing I mean I I've said this a few times recently but in my notebook, I have notes from February, like the beginning of February of us getting to Lonelywood and then mm. starting to go through through the woods. So, I mean, this is like what a, a five month ish like thing that we did in Lonelywood, like with this yeah. with this whole storyline. So I was just constantly surprised by like how many different characters we would encounter situations we would have to face along the way it was like branching in a way that I, I didn't expect and it had the most like badass climactic ending that I could have hoped for with it I mean the whole thing really exceeded my expectations but that's my initial thought on it yeah I'm, I'm having trouble separating like where I thought it would go at the beginning because it was a while ago and how it ended up because yeah, I thought we were just gonna go out in the woods and find a witch. I didn't know it was all gonna lead back to the town. So yeah, that was cool. I don't know if you had that plan from the beginning, Chad, like a battle for Lonelywood, or if it happened more like organically. Um, I'd say it's like one of the major possibilities that I like anticipated, but it wasn't like set in stone at all. Um, mm. No, I don't hear it, Jimbo. <clears throat> but yeah, so like that's kind of one something I wanted to like get into. I think it's interesting is like things that might have felt like they were inevitable or like on rails, like definitely weren't. Um, mm -hmm. And like just like to answer that question, you guys could have fought the witch in the in the forest, in the like underground castle, like. And you could have avoided I don't think whole... so. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like you could have you could have avoided the whole town battle and everything if you killed her there. Uh, um, we would have been so overmatched, like outnumbered yeah. there. Yeah. Well that's yeah, what I, felt. I, know. I felt too dangerous in the moment. Yeah. No, but I mean, yeah, I obviously love how it ended up, but I think it's just fun to like let you guys know what the like forks in the road were yeah so that you know going forward it's like your decisions make you know all the difference you know and stephanie it definitely was, felt that way yeah stephanie was trying like her damnedest not to let us fight the witch like whenever we were underground in her lair and everything i was trying I you was were trying, trying hard <laughs> she had like a death wish or something like she wouldn't know to me i would say that's kind of like the one thing that I 
kind of wasn't willing to budge on because I don't know, just for the sake of drama, it's like you can't just go talk to her and have the conflict in. You know, like there has to be conflict or else it's not gonna be satisfying for me at least, or I think for the story, if it's just too easy to like persuade her out of it. It's just a matter of like how you defeat her. So not everything is like up to possibility. Um just for the sake of the story. But yeah, I mean, you guys feel free to like try anything in the future to, you know, make things go the way you want your characters to go. You know what I mean? It all, I think, felt pretty organic along the way. Yeah. I mean, the stuff with, I mean, when the animals started talking and then uh, there were each little faction of animals that were kind of like, we could kind of pit them against each other. Did you, did you come up with all of that based on like, you're gonna make this animal witch storyline? Is that all you or is that any of that in the book? I'd say they're like, I've kind of talked about this on the other one is like, you know, I'll use certain elements from the book we're like basing it on Icewind Dale. And then I'll basically, since it takes us so long, like to get to a session, I'll have like thought of so many things and like changed the story and cut things and added things. So like for Lonelywood, they're like very like, like bare bones elements of this story. Um, and then I kind of just turned it into like a, a whole different, I don't know, it's kind of hard to like explain how much I added and stuff, if you haven't. What, what were some of the encounters that were already in the book? Like some of those signpost events that we had, like right. what were some that existed? And I guess, what did you like add? Well, so like one of the things is in this book and in other adventures and D&D &D and stuff, it's like you have a, an environment and then you have possible random encounters you can like roll for so like some of the options in this forest were like a banshee um uh, a fox chasing a hare um you know a pack of wolves and then there was like the main story of lonelywood in the adventure book is it does have to do with a druid in the woods who's like causing trouble with animals against the town but it's it's like very different and very it's a lot less like detailed and stuff so but yeah how much of it came from trying to build like an arc because i know you said for stephanie's druid character oh yeah how much of the talking animals and stuff was did you did you like build that based on her character and the witch and stuff? Well, so, <clears throat> yeah, in the book, and it's like a D&D &D thing, it's like druids can awaken animals and then they become intelligent and can talk. And so that was that was um, part of the story. Like, she awakened the uh, sea creature, the sea monster from the lake, you know? And then basically the only other animal in the book she awakened was uh, a moose it was that was like the the quest in the in the book for lonelywood is called 
the white moose. It's because mm. she, she awakened the white moose and the white moose would go like murdering villagers. And that was it. Hmm. Like, and then you had to go like track her and the moose down to this, um, this like ancient, <clears throat> it's like a very, it's almost like a very small like Skyrim dungeon. Like it's two or three rooms. It's not this whole underground castle. And you go there and like you fight the moose and the witch and that's it. And there's no other animals involved. There's no invasion. There's no anything like that. So, yeah. Man, so like sounds like maybe 80 or 90% of that was like you and for, yeah. for us. Yeah. And yeah, tying it to Flora is like, you know, if a druid awakened these animals and then Flora is a druid, you know, it's like, okay, how much of, can I make this story revolve around her and like make it be about kind of like have it echo her story, you know, in some ways. Um, and then give her like kind of the, the, the role of the one to make choices and stuff yeah you know stephanie how uncomfortable did that make you where you had to make all the big decisions <laughs> it was scary because i didn't want to give i didn't i don't understand how you can like be the dm and just i can do anything within like a certain guideline and you just have to roll with it so it was scary because i didn't want to do something like completely off track and throw you off that was yeah that was it i think as long <laughs> as you like act in character like what would make sense in this situation then chad's probably yeah at least considering most things you, your character would do in that situation yeah. yeah i kind of like anticipate like the big options of like what i think you might do um just to prepare for those possibilities but then also sometimes you guys do stuff I don't expect at all and so yeah I'm like like as long as it works within the rules and it like seems like it could happen then yeah like I'm totally open to like whatever that you just have to follow characters and the story and make it feel like plausible um so yeah I mean there's no like wrong choice or wrong answer because whatever you decide to do that's canon like that's what happens and then I have to like adjust which is like that's part of the fun you know yeah that's like my favorite part of D&D &D is I mean you're making the story yeah everybody as you go yeah, yeah everyone has to react like we do and it's like the DM actually has to react to what you're doing as well so it's this like back and forth kind of organic thing that's happening yeah. which is really cool uh, I want to ask Stephanie another question. Okay. <laughs> uh, how does, I mean, like, how did you feel as we were progressing through this storyline and you're getting like more and more stuff to do each time? Like, how did you feel about your character's kind of journey, I guess, through this storyline? Cause it was like so focused on you for this one. Um, I liked it. It was a good like jumping in point. Cause this is my first real time playing D and D. Um, the first time I had a character that I didn't really know what I was doing. So um, it was good to jump head first into like 
a storyline that was, you know, not based on me, but really centered around my character. I think it was, I mean, we started watching Critical Role a couple months ago. Yeah. Like, for real, like she did, and got really into it, and you liked the way Laura Bailey plays Jester. Yeah. Or you can just kind of say and do whatever and then see what happens. I think that kind of unlocked, because for a while, well, I don't know if like after we watch a certain amount and then it just clicked in your head, like, I can actually like. Yeah, I understood how to play the game a little bit better. Yeah. But Laura's like quiet and Flora mm. is completely out of her element, um, like leaving her village and stuff. So I still like, what am I saying? Like role playing can be kind of yeah. tough sometimes. Yeah. 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 Like what would your character actually do in that situation? It's hard to really like lock into that sometimes yeah like, you were, yeah, you were no. killing it though like really? you seem to get more and more confident like as we were playing and like you're taking on more responsibility and decision making in the storyline which yeah. was awesome and yeah it's just like your character found more of like an attitude sometimes too or like being able to stand <laughs> up for herself and yeah like telling the witch off multiple times but like there was one time i think when we were in her cave where you like really let her have it and then you said that it was like it reminded you of arguing with your grandma or something <laughs> like yeah, 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 yeah that was such a yeah. funny like detail or something that you related to your own life or personality yeah. that was cool yeah i built flora to kind of so that, like i wouldn't be acting too far away from my own personality and like i gave her a storyline that's like the fantasy exaggerated version of like things that have happened in my family and yeah talking to the witch was just like talking to my grandma <laughs> so that was pretty easy to act out yeah I think it was the moment Chad you go ahead oh no I was just gonna say like um I was talking to Chris a little bit about it and I don't want to like seem too like psychoanalytical but you know like yeah if you put the you know stuff involving your family into your character and stuff and you want to explore some of that I do try to like use some of that hopefully not in like a weird way where you can you know have things that slightly echo things from your you know family or your life um so yeah like I don't know. I kind of wanted the witch to be a little bit kind of like mirror Flora in some ways, like having difficult upbringing and diff like difficult family, but kind of like an extreme. She's like an extreme example of what Flora could be mm -hmm. if you like completely did away with her family and just like wanted to be isolated and stuff. And then like her kind of desiring a connection with you um because you like seem similar to her um I don't know I just thought that was interesting it'd be like fun stuff to explore of like she's this potential family figure to you but she has all these issues where you like you can't be her her family because she's you know wants to kill everybody yeah um, I don't know I just thought it'd be like complicated and kind of like echo things from life that are feel you know real or important um 
yeah hopefully it wasn't too like invasive or whatever no no it was perfect and yeah it was hard because i couldn't join her because she wouldn't budge she wanted to kill everyone in town and i couldn't join her and be a part of that yeah um but like i also didn't i didn't want to kill her (laughs) at the end when i was like standing over her and i thought i was like i have to kill her like oh no this is the moment and then I decided not to. And like, part of me was really concerned that I would decide not to kill her. And then she would like summon up enough strength to like kill me. Mm. So I kind of like, I felt like that could have been a thing that happened, but it would not have felt like true to Flora to actually kill yeah. this like old lady witch that. Yeah. Yeah. That I like kind of, did, like, I had a connection with her, but I just couldn't join her. Yeah. I liked how like the um it was I mean with druids and stuff, like you're you can turn into animals and you can talk to animals and be friendly with animals. So it was yeah, kinda like which are you gonna choose animals or are you gonna choose the people in the town? And that was a little bit scary. Yeah. No, that was a cool storyline because um I think everybody could understand why animals would attack humans for like encroaching on and overpopulating and taking all the food and stuff it was a cool yeah Yeah. art they were all if they're the villains or whatever like everything they did was justified yeah and you could sympathize with them and especially you as a druid like you can you kind of are one of them sometimes i don't know i thought it was a really awesome art yeah that's that's what i want it to be is like not all of the major like enemies or storylines are going to be you know a big moral conundrum going forward but i really wanted this one to be just because i thought it would be more i don't know i just thought it would be engaging over that thing of like the villains are kind of you can they're kind of right you can understand why they're doing what they're doing and you kind of have to make there's like no right choice cat um yeah hey that's a pretty cat yeah yeah but yeah for this one i thought it'd be fun if it was more morally like murky and um complicated and you didn't know who to side with um yeah, yeah, it was not- even hard like pitting the bears against the wolves and the you know that was even yeah. that felt weird to at least to me it's not weird but like turning the animals against each other for the sake yeah. of the humans even that was like ah man i really wish they would just kind of kill all the humans and then be happy as animals but we're kind of on the side of the humans yeah i don't know fucking bjorskir and what's his name Ulvog. those were Ulvog. awesome awesome characters i did not want to i didn't want Ulvog to die the whole campaign i've been like Ulvog. yeah come on we can be friends yeah 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 no he was just too attached to Ergwin. um but yeah like i had no ideas i mean for the battle i was like i didn't have almost any notes for those sessions um in terms of like possible outcomes i just knew like what each character like wanted and what they might do but like the way it played out you know that wasn't one where i like super anticipated moments and stuff so yeah i mean 
like Scath being the one to kill Ergwin was like not at all something I anticipated. Is just how, yeah. and then I didn't like. I thought, okay, if she turns into a mammoth at some point, she's gonna rush the the tavern. Hmm. Like I just thought that would be cool, but then I didn't anticipate like what if they kill her before she gets there. Or I thought of that, but then I didn't think of like, okay, what if they do it right when she's at the door? She's going to run into the tavern as herself and then end up dying like right on the doorstep of where the villagers are. Like that wasn't a Yeah, you I, picked that the most intense. dramatic like points that that stuff could happen. Yeah. So that seemed to me like it had to be scripted with just how like perfect the timing was for it. No, like all I had for her was like, if shit, is going down and she's like not gonna win she's gonna rush the the tavern but yeah. like everything that followed that was like completely like based in the battle mechanics and like the choices you guys made and then the like options i had as each npc and stuff like that um but yeah she was like one square away from just demolishing the front yeah she was the tavern yeah yeah. yeah, that's as close as you can cut it. Yeah, and then Ravnin came in clutch with the crossbow bolt. Oh, yeah. All right, Jonathan, <laughs> Jonathan how, how did that feel to save the day? Uh, felt pretty good. Uh, you know, it's just, uh, just Monday for me. <laughs> <laughs> Ravnin, I don't Ravnin. know, I didn't. I didn't expect to be the one because like our the quote unquote enemies are like getting tougher and tougher the people who come up against. So you know like you guys you guys will do your characters will do a lot of interesting things with your turns, but often I am just like, all right, I shoot the crossbow again. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm just like, I don't know, I'm just trying to do some damage and never really expecting to like be the final shot. But I guess since I take so many shots, it's going to yeah. happen. I, I feel like you really often get the like the sniper like kill shot. You like yeah. shoot the barrels and blow shit up. You got like, oh, yeah. the killing that shot. Was, that was cool. A cool thing, yeah. I feel like you get like killing shots on a lot of enemies. How, like how does it feel to be so clutch um <laughs> i don't know just uh to quote to quote uh post malone what is it uh oh god what does he say <laughs> i forget what he says but we don't have to quote post malone but, you know, edit it in later uh, white white iversons yeah that's the thing yeah <laughs> anyways we got a lot to choose from yeah uh no yeah. it's it's cool how you like your character you know you, if you call you feel like the strong silent type or whatever or just the brooding but brooding. so like it makes sense <laughs> yeah brooding i mean it makes sense for like when you do something and you do it completely you know like you save stuff like with the 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 loot playing in the song, like you never played it until you needed to. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, that's the thing. And that's awesome. Or not that you hold back in combat, but like when you do it, it's like, boom, all or nothing. Like, yeah, well, the fucking barrels fucking do a somersault 
out of the second story window. <laughs> it's just a cool character, yeah, because you can just like come in and like have cool moments, and it's yeah, I don't know. Yeah. You know what's what's interesting about Ravnin too is like, <clears throat> you know, you don't like usually talk very much as Ravnin because he is that kind of character, mm. but his his like persuasion shit is like insane. He has like a plus twelve to yeah like, yeah. Yeah, that's ridiculous. How's that <laughs> It's like stupid. So it's like whenever he wants to get something done, he can absolutely get it done. It's just like you usually hang back as that character. I think, because, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we've talked about it, but like, part, I think it's, you know, because that partly is his character. And then you talk about like not being, you know, as comfortable role playing, you know what I mean? But like yeah. whenever you whenever there's a moment for him to do something, it's like he can do so much shit that's that other people can't, you know? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, Ravnin is usually the first one to like notice things and he's the only one worth a damn for like ranged fighting. <laughs> I mean, Chris, like Goji can do like the blasting sometimes, but I feel I feel like it's a it's a really key part of combat that Ravnin fulfills that like none of yeah. us are really yeah. good at. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's just like that role in the group is really like helpful and different from everyone else. It's a cool like usually, I guess mechanically, bards are usually like the face of the party. Like you're the one that interacts like that's why your charisma scores are up and stuff but it's so cool that it's a character that's like silent most of the time what am i trying to say like one of those like country singers that maybe inspired some of the character choices like like the badass quiet guy but yeah like when you do it and then other people can take like the face of the party kind of lead like jimbo talks to people a lot no it's just like i've never seen that kind of bard before um yeah yeah i don't know chad if you've seen any like bards like that anything you've seen i don't think so but yeah i don't know i'm really excited for things coming up um not to spoil anything but yeah cool involving involving ravnin no. We gotta get more like banjo playing cat people and popping back in because that was amazing. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Yeah, I, I'm gonna need to uh, check my check my character notes and everything that I made up like a year ago. <laughs> yeah, I keep, I keep expecting, you know, the way that Chad weaves in small details on like anytime a location or like a name pops up i'm like is that somebody i know is that somebody (laughs) fast um so yeah i'm gonna have to go back and read all those again yeah it's gonna be fun um what to talk about i think i don't know unless you guys want to jump in with like moments that come to mind that like stick out or else i can just like start with one um well, I'm curious if you don't mind, Chad. Just yeah. that, like, Jimbo, are you like enjoying like the monk as a class, or does that factor in a lot to how you 
how you play it. I know you like do meditation stuff and you try to resolve things like peacefully. I don't know what I'm really asking, but does that, do you think like I'm a monk, I'm a monk, or you're just playing like Vincent as a character? I'm, I'm playing, uh, I'm playing as like someone who tries to be peaceful, but I can enjoy like a friendly bar fight every now and then. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of like the heavy of the group and yeah. like the, the brawler, but I'm also like, trying to be pretty chill most of the time so that's it's like i have the strength but i don't want to use it for the wrong reasons is, is kind of how i'm playing it but i mean i'm raised in a really violent culture so like i've probably been in a share of just like bar fights and stuff like that and like if no harm's really intended then my guy does enjoy fighting he just doesn't like want to fight to actually like hurt or kill so i'm trying to hold back on doing that uh, a lot of the time so it's like quiet strength or reserved or like reluctant fighter or reluctantly violent is how I want to play him most of the time. And I don't think that we've gotten enough into my backstory for me to have to make a lot of difficult moral decisions yet. I think other characters have kind of been taken on like a lot of that responsibility. Um, <laughs> was that an intentional cough? <laughs> like, no, no. like okay <laughs> like watch out for something coming up the dm um, call but yeah it's like i don't think i don't feel like i've been put on the spot to make a lot of those tough choices as opposed to like stephanie had to do a lot of that in the recent storyline and we'll find out w like where i'm really aligned and how far in the monk path i really am once i do have to make tough calls but right now i'm just trying to play him as like mostly peaceful but violent if necessary that's cool that's like a good yeah core like tension for a character that's cool i gotta i'll be right back one sec. you guys keep talking obviously um let's all take a look at that cat while chris is gone yeah everyone get a better look at that cat <laughs> Falcor. Hi, Falcor. Hey, oh Falcor. my God, Falcor! Look at that He's face. Falcor is, is the from Neverending Story, right? Yeah. Yeah. Look at this freaking. He looks just tummy. like him. <laughs> Big old tummy. He's yeah. got like a fluffy tail, right? Like super yeah, fluffy. A very fluffy tail. Yeah. Oh, uh, like a My Little Pony tail. Great, God, great. <laughs> Not my little right. ponytail, but like the my little ponytail. <laughs> Grace, Grace said that he weighed thirty pounds. He does not weigh thirty pounds. <laughs> I think he weighs probably fifteen. Okay, maybe a little more. He looks like something that would have been in the woods witch campaign. He would have belonged in Lonelywood. Yeah, he does. Yeah. He, Falcor looks like he looks like a fantasy creature. He's majestic. Hey, Jonathan, I was going to ask you. <clears throat> so, who's like? Did Grace discover Falcor and then showed you, or how did that? How did that happen? Um. <laughs> I mean, she. Yeah, he was dropped off at the shelter, and then 
Grace was obsessed with him and wanted to adopt him immediately. This was before we had Handsome. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I was already like, no, we can't get anybody else. <laughs> and then, and then I went, I went to the shelter because she was like, you gotta come meet him. You're gonna fall in love and blah, blah, blah. Oh, that's how she gets you. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so her intention was me falling in love with Falcor. Uh, I met him and I was like, he's really sweet, all this stuff. And then I saw Handsome and I was like, <laughs> we gotta get this guy. <laughs> so, we, so we got Handsome. And then uh, we were still thinking about Falcor. But. Um, her co-worker her co-worker came in after grace one day uh or like on a different day she was scheduled a different day after grace and then she saw him and she was like i want him so her co-worker actually adopted him and then it didn't work out with her cat because her cat was is like you know a princess wants to have her space and her cat ended up bullying Falcor, so she uh, just texted Grace and was like, hey, do you guys still want him? And Grace was like, yes. Grace texted me, uh, like, what do you think? Like, do you think we should do it or whatever? And then I was like, let's bring that boy home. And she was like, okay, because I texted her. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <Aww. laughs> um, but I he was actually named anti for some reason he was named anti venom uh i don't know why but so they called him anti and then whenever i went to see him that one day and i met handsome you know um i saw him and the first thing i said was like he looks like falcor and then she was and then grace is like i'm changing his name (laughs) (laughs) so yeah she changed it to uh falcor i think her co-worker called him snowball or something like that and we're like nope he's falcor yeah <laughs> yeah <perfect>. anyways <laughs> perfect name hey does jonathan's uh video freeze on hey you're back it hey. did for a second but i see him now cool um so yeah I don't know if anyone wants to jump in with a moment or a character or something like that, or, or I can start. Um, if anyone has something, feel free. But um, mm. I don't know. If anybody have anything? Because kind of we can start. I think near the beginning of like another one of these like fork in the road moments or like things that I didn't plan for <clears throat> was. Um, luther going into the force with you was not supposed to happen like you're muted bro yeah i was just laughing i mean <laughs> yeah so like that was 100 percent vincent um you know making that happen so uh where'd jonathan go i'll re-invite him if i need to okay just keep going yeah i don't know i guess i just want to go back to like that memory or that moment of like like arriving at the town you know you came across the wolves attacking uh yesto 
and they killed mm-hmm. the other guy. And then you arrived in town, you met a bunch of people. Um, I don't know if you guys have like memories of that and, or just like, you could also just talk about the Luther thing of like, I don't know, I just thought it'd be cool to let you guys know that that wasn't at all. I, like I was telling Chris, he was kind of set up as like, supposed to be the, like the town asshole. Um, where like he, Gaston. Yeah, well, kind of like, like, oh, who are these like outsiders coming in thinking they can solve all of our problems? You know what I mean? And then he was going to challenge like the biggest dude to a fight just to like, you know, be the biggest fish in the pond or whatever. <clears throat> but then, yeah, kind of in the moment, I like changed. I didn't like feel like being an asshole to everyone. So I kind of changed him to be like, oh, he just wants to let off some steam. Um, and then it became more of like a friendly rivalry. But then, yeah, like, I don't know. I just thought it'd be cool to let you guys know that that moment with Vincent, you know, kind of changed the character and then changed the course of the story. Um, but yeah. No, he was one of my favorite people that we've had along with us the whole yeah. time. Yeah, he's one of my favorite characters that you came up with. He was uh, he was kind of like the like lovable oaf. Like, I'm a big guy, but I'm also smart. And I feel like Luther's not... Not so book smart. That's okay. Like, not everyone has to be. But I feel like Luther is just probably, like, misunderstood, likes to just, like, get in fights every now and then, just, like, do the tough guy thing. But I feel like he mostly has a a good heart. And he seemed like someone that would be super useful, like, out in the woods, like, knowing the town in the woods more than any of us did. So, yeah, I was really angling to get him to to join us because I thought, like, it would be good to have numbers and have people familiar with the woods in our party. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? I just, I love like the kind of people that we that we meet on this in Iceland. It, you know, it's like the Alaska, it's like the end of the world kind of mm-hmm. what kind of people would live up outside of civilization, like, you know, rough, roughneck people or loggers and, or uh i mean yesto is really awesome too I, I don't know what his whole backstory is but um i would do want to say like when we were approaching the town and yesto like the whole town and the whole arc of lonelywood i don't know if you attended it but it's like it feels like a kurosawa like seven it ended up being like a seven samurai yeah like, everything's grounded everything's like um small like a micro like this is a small town and the whole fate of the world, like, who cares? Like, it's just the fate of this small town and the people in it. Yeah. It was really cool. I don't know. Just, yeah, especially Seven Samurai came to mind. And they're like, who do we pick up along the way mm-hmm. in that town? And do we care enough about these peasants or villagers, whatever? So, yeah. But yeah, Luther, and then the, with Luther, I never expected the thing with Keaton. Like, he kept dropping the name Keaton, Keaton, like, every time and he was looking for him. But yeah, I was super slow. Yeah. And that, that, that yeah that had a really good payoff like everything with luther and keaton's friendship and then i was like crossing my fingers hoping that luther was gonna survive for months like this whole time oh i was worried he was gonna die because i've like i had it in the back of my mind for the longest time that i wanted to give him my hat at the end <laughs> like oh. i really just wanted him to live so that i could do that as like a sign of friendship 
And I was like thrilled whenever he survived all the battles and I was able to like have that last moment with him. Yeah, I, I like wanted that for months. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah I told, I, I don't know if Chris, you remember this, Chris and Stephanie, when I was over like a couple months ago, like halfway through Lonelywood, I was, I was telling them, I was like, for the sake of the story, I want Luther to die so bad. Oh right. yeah. <laughs> when wait, when did this happen? When did this conversation happen? It was like halfway through <laughs> halfway through the forest. But it wasn't because I didn't like him, it's because I thought it would be like really dramatic because he wants Vincent, to make us cry. Yeah. yeah. Because Vincent was the one who made the bet where it's like if I beat you in a fight, you're gonna come with us into the forest. Yeah. And so Luther's fate is like because of vincent yeah so if you guys and that's why i started developing his his personality and stuff um because the more like lovable he was uh and the more you guys grew attached to him i was like he's 100 percent gonna die oh <laughs> yeah i'll make it oh. more dramatic uh, <clears throat> but like somehow despite the odds i was sure he was gonna die and <laughs> Somehow he survived. He, he uh, escaped death for now. All right. Yeah. I had no idea that it was, he was cutting it that close. Yeah. Wow. I, mean, I was like, I thought he was going to, I thought he was going to go in final battle. Damn. That would have been a, yeah, a lot for me to carry. Yeah. Like that responsibility. Yeah. And then like, I thought maybe Keaton was going to die too. And it would be either one or the other or both, both of them die. And then it's kind of, I was going to do the reveal at the end. If both of them did die of like i don't know if you remember this moment where right before he ran out of the tavern to like initiate the final battle because of keaton being a hostage he was like fiddling with something in his hand i don't know if you guys remember that i don't remember that detail it was like a perception check by flora or something it was like they have keaton as a hostage and then everyone's like we have to let everyone out there die like the hot we have to let the hostages die um but then luther was like no i can't because keaton's out there and then he's like fiddling with something but i was gonna have at the end basically he has like a little figurine that keaton carved for him mm. um it's like a, a knight on a horse like a prince on a horse because he wants oh, to go man. down south and you know oh. the like the fantasy Ugh. you know with knights and and like jousting and like people putting on plays and shit like that and everything's colorful and warm and so yeah keaton and luther you know they're obviously more than friends <laughs> i knew it <laughs> and uh so I was going to have the reveal of, like, he's going to drop that little figurine and it's going to have, like, their initials carved into it and stuff mm. like that. Oh, man. So Damn. But, Goddamn romantic. But <laughs> they both survived, so I, I didn't get to do That's that. That's awesome. It's even more romantic. Yeah. Yeah. They get to be together and go on their adventure. And yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, once I thought Luther, like, maybe was going to die in the final battle, I was sure Keaton was going to die. Like, I thought he was already dead out in the woods, but I thought he would definitely die during that battle. And I'm yeah. also, I'm glad he survived too, because it's like, I had to tell him that we killed a bandit that killed his father. Oh, like, yeah. He had to know that before he died. Like, we avenged his father's death. Like, we killed that bandit. 
it would have been so tragic if Keaton died without at least knowing that. Yeah. Like I was, yeah, I was like, I, will, I had to like had to tell him. I didn't know how I was gonna find a way because I thought he was gonna die for sure, but yeah, but he lived. Um, did you invite Jonathan again? Um, he's saying the cats are kind of giving him and Grace a hard time, and he might just come back and forth, but just okay. to keep going anyway. Okay. Um, I guess just jumping off of that is like, um, what did you guys think of the bandits? Um, that's another thing that wasn't in the the book at all for Lonelywood was bandits, and I kind of made this whole. Story. They were awesome. They were super cool. Cool. What do we? I mean. Uh, R.I.P. Jasper, but Jasper was still with us at the time, right? Yeah. Yeah. Did we, and we had, and we kind of heard about them a little bit, like we, Jimbo doesn't want to talk about Oh, Jasper. Jasper. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we can go on Jasper. I'm bringing up Jasper at some point, but go ahead with what you were talking about. I don't want to talk about Jasper. <laughs> no, the bandits were awesome. I didn't know what you were going to do with them. I had no idea they were going to be tied into. They were like were they with the witch or with like well i mean it's kind of an unanswered question but okay yeah well yes. <laughs> i'll just i'll just tell you no they weren't they weren't tied to the witch um oh, oh okay fuck i completely thought they were okay yeah my read was that they were with the witch all right then bandits we fought on a little refresh uh, what was the the elf? The guy that was like he kept changing places. Was he was he a half elf or a dark elf or something? He he was a wood elf. He was a wood elf, yeah. And there was there there was three of them, and they all seemed like magic in some way. We had to kill them with fire. That's right? how. Yeah, I think that's how. Whatever the leader's name was, I think that's how we ultimately killed them. But yeah, that was that was like the one session that I wasn't a part of, and so I watched the recording of it to see what what had happened. Yeah, we really needed was, you for that I session. Was, I was upset. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. so yeah, like part of adding that was um, I kind of wanted for each town for their for part of the the story to be why is the winter such a bad thing for Icewind Dale the never-ending winter and the blizzards and stuff is that it's making life really hard <clears throat> to the point and that's like escalating for everyone living there and so I was like okay I have a little witch storyline but I also could throw bandits in here of like you know a lot of people living up in Icewind Dale and specifically Lonelywood even in the book it talks about is like former criminals people with ties to criminal past and stuff like that so it's like if it's a lot of rough and tumble people up there to begin with and then things get like really harsh it's like it's going to become like the walking dead you know like you know if animals become scarce and you know work like people can't go into the forest to work and hunt then they're just going to start like you know attacking each like each other to steal from them and to like steal their game that they catch when they hunt. And then also the gnarliest version of that is, you know, you hunt other people, you hunt whatever you can. So it's oh, like, were they, they were eating people? 
I don't know if you remember the Wood Elf uh, cut open Jasper's heart and ate. Oh it. man, yeah, that's the thing that happened. Fuck. So I think we yeah we hadn't met the witch yet, so it was like yeah at that point I think yeah everything that we were encountering leading up to it was like it could be connected like that. Looking at my notes and they had like scarifications on their body and uh yeah they ate people or hearts so yeah it was like the witch was an unknown at that point so i think maybe that's why we associated it with because a witch could mean anything you know like not necessarily yeah i think druid yeah well i mean i don't know i don't know if i want to spoil things but like spoil things well just you know like you guys know who's allegedly causing the winter you know it's like the frost maiden yeah it's a god who's supposedly up there so you know like and i don't know if you guys remember but ergwin actually had a relationship had a like backstory thing with the frost yeah yeah yeah. i don't know if you guys remember that 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 reveal or not that conversation hurt people hurt people yeah she was hurt I don't know if you guys remember Ergwin's whole backstory thing, but it's kind of it was kind of a big reveal. Um, Chris, check your notes. I'm yeah, I'm flipping through my notes. Was that one recorded? I I remember, but I don't remember enough to say what it was. Okay. Well, basically, starting memory. She kind of revealed like why the winter started. I don't know if you remember that, but. There's the whole thing with, with the character Valish Gant, mm-hmm. the guy who he used to be in the Arcane Brotherhood, um, that group that's like that um, Goji like has some connection to, maybe Ravnin has some relation to, um, and he yeah this guy Valish Gant a couple of years ago on his own came up to Icewind Dale and like tried to take over. Um, in the book i kind of changed it but basically like she said that they came across each other valish gant who's now in that prison um yeah like they met in the woods and then something happened and then the winter started mm-hmm. um he stole a book from ergwin that the frost maiden gave to ergwin okay but yeah and then the winter started so there's something with this book that the yeah. frost maiden gave to the witch and then the book got stolen and then now the arcane brotherhood a bunch of them are coming up here um but yeah anyway yeah i just yeah sorry for forgetting things it's just like it's we only play like once or twice a month and then yeah no it's cool there's a lot of- i don't Sometimes I don't take notes, like, if it's not Goji um, yeah. getting yeah, information yeah. from people, but I probably should. Yeah. But no, it's cool. It, and then it, it did seem like it can't be that. I guess in a moment it was like, it can't be, that can't be the reason for, like, a whole region. So I didn't know if, if Erwin was lying and was just, like, right. telling a story or, yeah. It seemed, it seemed like it was too big and too mysterious, the winter stuff. I guess in a moment I was like, mm, is she telling the truth or is she just, I think it was talking to 
Laura. Yeah. Is she just telling a story that Laura's going to buy or I don't know. Right. Yeah. It's gullible. It's one of those details that like you don't always know what's going to come back later and be yeah really important or yeah if it's if it's something that's just like one character telling a story and you shouldn't believe it or yeah i mean that just yeah i guess that slipped out like in their conversation i didn't write it down because i forgot yeah yeah no it's cool because i mean your characters want to know i don't think flora told anyone so you guys your characters want to know anyway but yeah i mean it's totally fine it's not like a big deal that you know the details got lost or whatever because you know this stuff in the story is going to come up later, so it's not like you you need to know it all right now. Um, but yeah, anyway. Flora has a terrible time retaining information. <laughs> yeah. By Flora, I mean <laughs> me. This is also something that I'm not like I'm not going to make an excuse for forgetting important information, but I because like yeah, that's like something to try to remember. But if if, if it's I try to be pretty strict that if it is another character having a conversation where my character isn't a part of it, like I really, I don't write that stuff down intentionally sometimes. Yeah. Uh, Cause yeah. Cause I don't, I'm like, I'm not supposed to be privy to that unless it is shared with me or the group. And I want the reveal for my character to come later with yeah, that. Sure. Yeah. yeah. That makes it more like immersive and stuff. So yeah, to make I think if you don't mind, Chad, it's like we have such a weird party of people. <laughs> you know, we all still have like our own separate motivations. And then we like ended up together. But I don't I don't know if Goji's I mean he's like selfish by nature and self focused on himself. So yeah, I, he hasn't made like the most the deepest connections to the other member and members in the party. So yeah, like when we, what am I trying to say? I feel like at any moment he could like be like, guys, we got to focus on my stuff because my stuff is the most important. I don't even yeah. care about like the winter going on. So who fucking cares? I don't care about these towns. I care about my, I don't know if that's the best character design for D&D. &D. Oh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> but he can't do that. No, he can't. Like he needs the party to survive. And, and to get to, what he wants. Yeah, and if you were to say that to us, we'd be like, well, let go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but what am I trying to say? I guess what Goji doesn't really ultimately care about the people or the winter. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't care about dude. he doesn't care about the end game. Like I think yeah, through being around winter. us, he's being less selfish, maybe because like he needs to rely on us. And there's a give and a take with that when you're dealing with other people. But yeah, Goji maybe doesn't give a shit about like the big storyline. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's starting to more like yeah. as the more that people are nice to him, the more he's like, oh, wait, maybe I should care about these people or should do something to. Yeah. Maybe he cared about the children. He cared about the I think he's turning yeah. around. Yeah. He cared about Flora because he got Flora the brooch at the yeah. Cerulean Vale. Hey. I remember things. <laughs> If there's any type of whimsy attached. Yeah. Divi, I remember. Divi was interesting, right? Divi? Yeah, Divi. So, Cerulean Veil. Hey, that was that was cool. That was hey, a cool moment. You guys haven't seen him around, have you? 
Nope. I noticed that he wasn't in town whenever we got back to town. Hmm. Anyway. Um, no, I'm not going to write that down. No, but like, yeah, Goji is interesting because I made a character that's kind of antisocial and that's, that's, I realized after a while it's kind of hard in a D&D party to make an antisocial character. Especially if there are like multiple people in the group who their characters aren't very talkative. <laughs> so from a like every other character I'm trying to make afterwards is a little bit more sociable and talkative. Because Goji's yeah, talkative, when... he's just a dick. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's not <laughs> besides like my character, like Goji is usually the most vocal and like going up and talking to people and stuff. Yeah, I mean, he's antisocial in some ways, but he drives a lot of plot, too. Some of that's, like, I know Jonathan and Stephanie, at least in the past, are a little bit less comfortable role-playing. So either me or you, Jimmo, have had to, like, take the reins of moving things forward, you know, for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah, sometimes Goji is... I've, I guess I've just tried to push him a little bit to be more social than I thought he would be. Yeah. And then anyway, yeah, he's, he's changing over time to be more to care about people. And Chad, I like what, how you've done that with like Nimsy mm-hmm. and then uh, them offering like you guys can have the ramshackle in if you want. And that was a big deal for Goji. Just people being nice to him because he's he was just like a street rat in a big city and it was like every man for themselves and from almost from birth he was had to like do whatever it took to survive in the streets of a city and all kind of you know messed up stuff happened so it's like it's like a necessary by necessity he's had to look out for himself and take care of himself and do whatever it takes to survive yeah so i guess the whole journey is if we're trying to take him out of that but anyway yeah no goji's fucked up (laughs) yeah he is and i've thought a lot yeah about goji and stuff and yeah like like you're saying the thing with icewind dale is like nimsy and other characters it's like some of them are kind of like him, but it's like this place to start over. And so yeah. it's like a lot of people have these criminal pasts and yet they found themselves in a place where like there's not many people up here and everyone kind of has to look out for each other. Um, yeah. They all can re- like a lot of them can relate to having a similar kind of past. So it's like it's kind of like a chance for a fresh start for Goji. So it's kind of a temptation or a pull on him to become more um, invested in other people because right yeah because it's like this chance at redemption or a chance at like belonging and whereas he wouldn't have that in like almost any other place um, yeah in, in the cities in the big cities it's like you have the rich people who are probably like comfortable and maybe they're nice, but they don't give a shit about like people like Goji. And then like all the poor people, like 
all the street rats are just like you're saying, like fighting for survival. But like going out into like a small town, especially like the middle of nowhere, Icewind Dale, it's just people like just trying to get by day by day, you know, and they don't have money and they don't have this like layer of, you know, wealth or pretension. Anyway, I'm kind of rambling, but. No, yeah. Yeah, you know you're I mean? forced into close, to be closer with people and to need people. Yeah, it's kind of like. More like intimate level. Yeah, it's kind of like, I don't know, sort of a crew, I don't know. Ramble about this enough, but I've thought a lot about Goji of like, what would get him invested in more than himself you know yeah cool so yeah um and let's i kind of just want to jump into another like parallel to goji is uh jasper yeah um i don't know because you guys (laughs) just talk about jasper like what was your take on him what was your take on the way things ended up um, yeah, I mean, I loved the character from the beginning, and it was super fun to have a untrustworthy guide. That's such a fun, <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, yeah. You know, and he's was an alcoholic from the beginning, but yeah, I thought it was just he's an alcoholic and he's untrustworthy because he get he got sent there by Nerith or whatever, and he just got bored, so he just drinks to keep things interesting. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't know there was going to be any kind of relation to my stuff or um, Jimbo, what did you think about how things played out? <laughs> I think, um, yeah, the whole like character conceit of the unreliable guide, like untrustworthy guide, yeah. was a lot of fun because we're, we're already in such an unfamiliar situation and it's already so dangerous to then not be able to trust your guide through that added a lot of tension to the story. And I think that he was one of the most distinct, like, NPC, like, non-party members or non-player character or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. He was one of the most distinct characters that Chad's come up with as far as, like, mannerisms and the, the voice that Chad would do for him. The, yeah, the way that he, yeah, the way that he just acted, like, fidgety and drunk and, like, untrustworthy and then, like, with moments of, like, bravado too defending himself like strangely yeah he really stuck out out of all the characters that we've seen so far he's like definitely one of my favorites and then yeah we get to the point where the three magical bandits or whatever come upon the group but jasper's like probably going through withdrawals at that point and he's not really aware of what's going on so he doesn't know to hide and does he just like walk right out in the open or he's just standing in the open and he gets discovered yeah that was and the group decides not to get out of their hiding places to, <laughs> to defend him to like try to save him and so you just like watch him get slaughtered in front of you and what his heart gets cut out and eaten and all that stuff before you like eventually like fight those bandits anyway whatever happens but um no i thought that that was one of the best like most impactful moments from the entire campaign so far and i think it's yeah i think it's necessary to have stuff like that 
to like really know that there are consequences to not even just like an action but inaction can have devastating consequences so i mean i'm like i'm watching the recording of it and you guys like making this decision to stay hidden and it's kill <laughs> it's killing me but at the same at the same time it's like excruciating for me to watch because it's like i'm powerless to do anything about it i i still realize in that moment that this is a great story moment and part yeah. of me is still like part of me still is accepting and kind of glad that it played out that way because it added just like it added horror to the campaign in a way that yeah. hadn't really been done before that moment and so i think that it was like it was worthy it was worthwhile for it to play out that way but in my and like in my heart of hearts if i were in that session I, my ass would have jumped out the snow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing is like, you can't like expect people to play the same way as you like for yeah. your character and everything like that. So it just, yeah, the whole Jasper thing will haunt me throughout, oh, no. throughout our entire campaign. It's going to sit with me, but it's like, but it, I think it needed to happen. It was like a necessary sacrifice almost for like the greater story yeah. being told like would you have been what if vincent had died what if i don't your know died? i don't I know like... no i mean y'all were protective of my character <laughs> i think that y'all were like thinking of of me and the groups like good and yeah i mean that's like that's <laughs> awesome or you just wanted to hide whatever goji's goji. just goji's looking out for himself well that but... was a multi multi-level goji selfish moment because it was you know don't go out there and get yourself killed like that's not your problem yeah take care of yourself like fear of death but then also i just learned that this person also is addicted to the same rare substance that i'm addicted to a this makes like this is if people find out about me and my addiction and how bad it is and how bad it could get like that's gonna make things hard for me but then also he's a competitor for a yeah. rare substance in yeah. a isolated wilderness yeah so my i'm gonna get pushed to where he's at sooner if i have to share any of this with him or he's gonna try to steal it from me or like we find some more and then he wants it just as bad as i do so it was like it was like in my head it's like the breaking bad i think it made white me, moment yeah where it's like yes selfish. yes yes yeah that's yeah that's what it, how it felt to me um so it was and then yeah it was like my shit because i guess goji uh, or i was maybe the most comfortable role playing in the party at the moment that my like my shit can like influence what the party the rest of the party did and but my character is a piece of shit <laughs> so it kind of yeah drove the story yeah but yeah if you would have no. been there then you would have probably jumped out because that's your character is yeah. a better it, person it made absolute <laughs> no, it made absolute sense for goji for every single reason that you said and and did we even suspect before that point though that he was misleading us because i mean if you also don't trust him by that point then it's another reason not to like right, that's risk true. yourself why risk yourself to save someone who's leading you astray anyway? But I don't yeah. remember how much information or certainty we had at that point. Yeah, he was a big, he was a risk. 
and he a was a risk yeah. yeah yeah he he could he was untrustworthy so therefore you're a risk in so many ways like even if you're guiding us i'd rather take the risk to let this problem take care of itself and let this risk be diminished and then we can figure it out afterwards yeah it was yeah. one of the best was, more like moral like i had a lot of fun with that like that it did in the moment presented so far yeah yeah because yeah. I, I think i understood in the moment like what was going to happen and for me it was super fun to let it happen yeah <laughs> <laughs> as a player because i love sticking to your guns is what your character would do in any situation how you yeah. built that character and my character was selfish and then like i don't care what happens after that you know anyway so yeah it was fun for those reasons but yeah D&D is fun, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but like, yeah. I think another thing with, with Jasper is I wanted him to be, it's kind of that thing for Goji where you see something in someone else that you hate about yourself. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, get him away from me. Let him die. I don't care. I don't want to, yeah. I, I don't want to have to look at him because he reminds me. Yeah. That's, you know yeah, that's, that's true. Um, and then, I can't remember who I told this to, but it was fun to like play with making him sort of lovable in this, you know, offbeat way, like this, you know, Jack Sparrow charm or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. But then, like, you, I really wanted to lull everyone into a false sense of security by making him so like. I don't know if dopey is the right word, but like he's just like this drunk who's doesn't have any backbone or like he doesn't he doesn't like visibly show any threat, but like lingering in the back of your mind is like yeah, he works for Nareth. Yeah. And we just stole from Nareth and learned that he's like a super criminal. Um you know what I mean? And so the mm -hmm. whole time knowing that he, so basically there were moments, I don't know if you guys remember, <clears throat> where you would be sleeping at night and then um, people were taking their watches. Mm -hmm. I think it's the first time Albert showed up and a bunch Albert. of you guys, and a bunch of you guys ran off to like investigate. Right. And, and then Jasper would be like peeking one eye open from his bedroll, seeing like, is anybody awake? Can I, I don't know if you remember that, but yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. basically I think Ravnin stayed um, in the camp to keep an eye on things. But if Ravnin was not there, Jasper was going to rifle through everyone's shit. And <laughs> he was going to see if you guys were the ones who stole from Nareth and find that letter. Mm. So yeah. I found it in my stuff. And once he found that, he was going to report back to Nareth that you guys had you know stolen it so yeah he's like he's unreliable because he's set against you in that way um and he's unreliable for a lot of reasons but he's you know addicted to drip but then there's a second level where um he wasn't only working for Nareth, he was also working for the duragar right yeah yeah dwarves. yeah and he was 100% leading all of you guys into a trap for them. 
Um, so it's like is that fun balance of like how much empathy do you have for this guy like if i show that he runs out of drip and he's like you know just in so much like fear and pain that goji can like understand on a visceral level um yeah like how much can i make you guys care about what happens to him well at the same time he's like going to betray you and you like have a feeling he he's going to but you don't know when or how it's gonna happen yeah. Uh, but then so like i wasn't anticipating him to die when he did <laughs> so, like basically he was going to lead you guys to the meeting he's going to lead you guys to the gray dwarves and basically lead you into a trap and because mm. um he had those sending stones and yeah, yeah, yeah. like um i'm trying to remember exactly how like, oh, it was because of Flora. It was because once the great dwarves heard that there was another, like, um, I don't want to spoil too much, but basically for some reason they learned that there was a valuable asset for them within the party. And so they're like, oh, okay, our contact can like give us this prize. So we're gonna have him lead these people into a trap so we can kidnap whoever right mm -hmm. um but they were there for different reasons in the first place like they were there for the meeting with the wolf and the witch and all that you know what i mean to like form an alliance yeah. like, i don't know if you remember well remember, remember. Yeah. yeah anyway um yeah jasper he died a little early but he was basically yeah. gonna lead you into a trap and i was gonna have him like he was gonna steal your drip goji so you were yeah and he was gonna stab you like literally stab you in the back so Damn. oh my but, gosh yeah maybe i felt some of that and it was even more of a calculated decision to let yeah. him die but it was yeah. a i don't know if he was a risk or a threat but yeah it felt yeah felt right in the moment but see, I, it, it was like the most icewind dale moment you could possibly think of is, is that moment for me i don't know at least what i like thought of what the campaign would be going in and how i made yeah. the character was like this could like veer into a horror fantasy uh and that was such a good moment it might be my favorite moment of the whole campaign <laughs> yeah but yeah like um what was i gonna say i was gonna say one last thing about jasper kind of lost it what was it? Uh, well, I want to just real quick, like, I like that it it pushed me to start seeing, like, oh shit, this is where I'm headed. Yeah. If I run out, I'm gonna yeah. hallucinate. I'm gonna be out of control, put myself at risk. Yeah, it was such a good like flash. You know, like Frodo when he sees Gollum. Yeah, yeah. That's... Or what? How does that happen? He sees himself. Frodo. I forget what what exactly that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, but, but yeah. you know what I mean. It's like this is where you are headed. Yeah. So, but at first, it's like that guy's got to go because. Yeah. You know, he's a risk. Yeah, he, he's. Anyway, I already said it, but. Yeah. It got me thinking more and more about. I don't know if you mind me me talking about this for a sec, Chad, but. Oh uh, yeah, sure. Like. 
the addiction stuff is all like you know a good metaphor for the warlock pact um because you know it's it's like a something that you're not in control of and that influences you and you can't let go of it i don't know if we've talked about it or if people have picked up on it but it's like the addiction is yeah, a metaphor for the, the warlock pact and it or makes you do things or, 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 or vice versa yeah exactly right so it makes you do things you don't want to do and it's inherently bad but you need it for to survive and potentially for power that's why it was cool to design that feat where if I drink more of it, then I get yeah. more of so my magic is more powerful. Yeah. I don't know if you are, are okay with me talking about this with everybody, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's it's yeah. So for me, Jasper was like, Hey, this is where you're headed. You really gotta start thinking about do you wanna do that or do you wanna um or like that's where you're headed if you stay addicted to this stuff. Yeah. So start really 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 thinking about how and then you helped me out push that along too with vona showing up r.i.p vona oh vona <laughs> you know giving me other potential avenues to solve that problem yeah <clears throat> but yeah jasper r.i.p jasper r.i.p vona yeah yeah i think the last thing i remember what i was going to say is like like even if he was going to do something villainous I wanted it to be completely like because of the circumstances, because of the circumstances yeah. of like his life and then like the environment. Um, so it wasn't like malevolent. It was malevolent in the sense that he kind of hated you um, for the same mm -hmm. reason you maybe hated him and like you thought you were better than him. Mm -hmm. um, so he was kind of malevolent towards you, but like, and then just in general, he was like you, like he was kind of misanthropic um just because he needed to do what he needed to do to survive and he'd already lost so much yada yada um but it, you know it wasn't this like it's like the cliche but it wasn't the mustache twirling like oh i'm the villain it was yeah, like, yeah. it was a villain that you can completely like understand it's like a walter white um yeah you know what i mean yeah but yeah um Find the villains. Yeah. Can can we pause for one sec? Um, yeah. Oh, I could make grilled cheese. Really quick. Are you okay with that? Yeah. I mean, I'd have to like go cook for like ten minutes, but. Well, I gotta pee anyway, so we can just take a quick break. Okay. Yeah, just because we haven't eaten dinner yet. Maybe see if Jocelyn can get back in. in a few okay, minutes. I'm just gonna let it all record still, and then okay. John can look at it. Okay, I'm gonna mute us. So. Where's me? Okay, can I pause. I can pause recording. Pause. Oh. I'm gonna just text Jocelyn real quick. Okay. See if he wants back in. Yeah. Chad, do you mind if I ask Jimbo something real quick? Go for it. Okay, Jimbo. Um, yeah. What do you have any thoughts of where your character is going to go? I know it's like it changes every week, but do you have like a path in mind for him or anything you're excited about Vincent getting to or going through or changing or anything like that? I feel like my, I'm 
I'm at a place where I'm okay with wondering for a while. So, I mean, whatever Chad puts in front of me relating to my story, like that'll be awesome. But I'm, I'm also okay with pursuing everyone else stuff like first for a while uh, before we do any of that. But again, like whatever order things happen in, like we'll just roll with it. I think, I think right now I kind of just want to like, just wander from, from place to place and see what I can learn what I can. I think I'm attached to y'all now. So I care about what's going on with each of you and I want to stick with the group like as much as I can. I know that there's, there's this like feeling of inevitability with me that I will run into like my kind of rival, like who was once my friend. I, I, I feel like that moment is going to come, but I'm not necessarily seeking it out. And I know that there's stuff from my past of like being a monk that I could deal with, or maybe even like stuff about my Glytha bringing that is probably unresolved. But for right now, I'm kind of doing like the, the Kung Fu TV show thing <laughs> where mm, I'm just yeah, kind of like yeah. wandering from adventure to adventure. And right now I'm with you guys for however long. I don't feel a sense of urgency really as, as far as like my personal stuff is, is going. Cool. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I haven't talked to Chad in a long time just about my character. So mm. I don't know <laughs> what's in store really. Yeah, we'll see. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what else to jump to. Um, I haven't really talked about the Banshee yet and like the whole amphitheater thing with Elbert. Oh, that was awesome. That was cool. Yeah, I don't know. Like, what to say about any of that. It definitely deepened like the magic, the sense of magic of the region. Cause yeah, the setting is kind of pitched as like a um, isolated, town kind of place and some crazy winter things going on but yeah getting like a sense of what was here a thousand years ago or whatever yeah and there are magical lights like still up there i didn't expect any of that i really didn't think there was like an elven kingdom here in the past so it was all super surprising to me and it was cool and then i like seeing jonathan have some more stuff to do like because he can speak elvish and read elvish and stuff so yeah, I really loved the way that played out with him talking to the the spirit. I think that was before it really turned into a banshee. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was um there was a bunch of stuff that was like rumored to be in the woods at the outset that like we didn't even encounter, which just makes it seem even more mysterious because like we didn't hit every yeah. single one of those things. Cause I remember Chad mentioning there might be like trees that talk or move around or something like that. And then yeah. I guess we ran into a banshee, but there was like talk of ghosts being in the woods and then like some part of the river or something where like, if you cross it, then you age or like people keep coming back different ages oh, or like yeah. much older and stuff like that. Um, yeah. yeah. That was like something that was brought up. So there was a lot of stuff that was like teased, but that we didn't run into which I thought, yeah, just added like a whole level of um, like mystique to the whole area and that that storyline. But the Banshee yeah. part was really cool. And then everything with Elbert, like 
I fucking love that character. Yeah. <laughs> like when we were playing the, the instruments, right? Oh, yeah. We got up on the, the amphitheater stage. And what did everybody choose to do? I forget. I, mean, I don't like, remember. Right? Started marching in place oh, yeah, or something. That. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was amazing. Oh. Was the, the Twingo like, wanted us to perform, or, or we didn't know what it wanted, so we just started doing that. Yeah. Yeah. That, amazing. That was, that was another one where I didn't really anticipate it, like that happening. Like, basically, it's like you guys have this goal of finding one for this like side quest or whatever um like that dark elf student magic school student like so mm -hmm. she would give you basically she said she would pay you if you like got one for her and also it might help somehow with ending the winter um <clears throat> like that's what she's trying to do by using mm -hmm. them and anyway so like i just thought like coming up with one one of them that's like a character that's an NPC, you know, and then like, what would that be like? Because they are kind of like, they're not faith, they're not fairy spirits, they're like elemental spirits, but um, mm. I kind of, they kind of have that mischievous, like puckish nature um, in the yeah. book, in the like mythos or whatever. Um, and then, yeah, I kind of, you know, ran with that. Um, and did the whole thing where he's like pretending to fish in the bushes, oh, yeah. <laughs> and like he yeah. pretends to be in like he wears moss around his his mask, like he's an old man, you know, mm. like he's playing a character, um, like because they they do mimic human activities, like oh we're curious about humans eating with utensils, so we're gonna go pretend to eat, you know that that stuff is from the book, but yeah, I just like extrapolated on that, and so. The whole thing is like if you need one for this quest, um, <clears throat> like how do you how do you get one? Is it like you try to capture it, or is it like you befriend it? You know what I mean? Yeah, so it capturing like, it didn't work. <laughs> it's very slippery. Um, yeah. They all are. So yeah, it was like probably gonna have to somehow befriend it or whatever. Like. And so his whole thing was if you humored his like bullshit, like pretend games, mm -hmm. he would probably like, you know, take a liking to you. But yeah, very childlike. But like, I honestly didn't even think of that for the amphitheater, like you guys approaching it the way you did. So like I had him set up like pretending to conduct an orchestra to an empty amphitheater. Um, and then he was like, get all enthusiastic. And then he like fell down because he was like exhausted. Um, but then I like, you guys just started clapping for no reason. And then <laughs> that's what kind of initiated the whole thing. And he was like, come up on stage, come up on stage. Uh -huh. Now you're the band or whatever. Um, yeah. And then that kind of coinciding with meeting the Banshee and like learning, like you're saying, like the history you know, there's these like hints of what came before. Um, and then, you know, like getting the elvish, like racism stuff. Um, mm -hmm. You know, calling you guys like the lesser races and stuff. And oh, yeah. Only El elves were racist as fuck, man. <laughs> they might still be. But um, 
yeah, like only talking to Ravnin and stuff. Um, yeah, it was yeah. a cool little like mini mini arc. Those couple episodes yeah, yeah. sessions. Yeah, and then just kind of using that to like focus on Ravnin and Jonathan a little bit, like you're saying, because only he spoke Elvish. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, there was more stuff in there. We didn't really get to it, but like, you know, there there were hints of it. I don't know if anyone remembers, but like, <clears throat> there was some like the Banshee talked about some great like disaster that was coming. Yeah, yeah. and then like now it's in ruins. So it's like, what was that? Is that tied to anything? Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Um, well, I love them, so I want. I just wanted to point out, yeah, the, the Chewinga. Albert, whatever, such a great like. You need a comic relief sometimes. Yeah, yeah. everybody's storylines are for the most part pretty serious. Yeah, and the tone of the whole setting and campaign and characters are serious. So yeah, it was it was a really good like injection of just fun. So then everybody can get up on the stage and like yeah yeah have fun for just a second. I'm not saying like as character as players we're not having fun but like as characters yeah for everybody yeah. to just have a moment together that was just fun you know because you have jasper getting his heart ripped out and eaten in the forest <laughs> yeah. and you can also yeah you can also have a fun little moment like that i don't know that was cool yeah it reminded me of um like some like stuff from zelda a little bit like the kokiri guys that are mm-hmm. kind of like whimsical or like in Ocarina of Time, you like play the Ocarina to the frogs or something as your audience yeah, at yeah. one point. There's just like that kind of fantasy, like playfulness to it that I thought was cool. Yeah. Yeah, I think we talked about it before, but I definitely like things that have that combination of like dark and light and all that kind of stuff. Um, like Critical Role is like that too, you know? Um, yeah. What else? I kind of want to talk about like the whole. Um, it's called Thraenen Castle. Um, the whole tree castle in the underground. Um, yeah, that was that was awesome. Like cave system or whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know what like did. I felt like I described it to where it was pretty like fleshed out. But I don't know if you guys had a very clear picture in your mind of it. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, there like, was like. Um, hmm. I mean, how far down did it go? It was like the first. Was it the first real dungeon that we had? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was cool. But yeah, like, you know, you had the spiral staircase down the giant tree. Yeah, that's what I was like. Thought a bridge across like a chasm mm-hmm. um and then the throne room the throne uh, room was awesome and then um yeah from there it was like the fancy hallway that led down to the king's um bedroom was like the tree face door guy yeah but yeah no i loved all of it was that did you design all that or was that in the book yeah, I came up with like most of that, I think. Oh, awesome. Yeah, that was really cool. The the like the um, tree face door 
was one of my favorite details like the talking door like stuff you've encountered in like video games and things before but yeah. also it's like it's a prejudiced elf like thing which yeah. isn't like only like response to certain people or elvish yeah. and all that yeah and then it did i did love that the um the drip stuff whatever that comes from mm. was up on the ceiling the oh yeah stuff. yeah i forgot about that and yeah. that led to me getting super high on it yeah. <laughs> and yeah. that was i don't know that was a fun moment Goji High is another like top moment yeah. of this campaign so far. Yeah, Chris is acting for that. And yeah, the way that he played that was just like pitch perfect. That was awesome. Yeah, that was good. We that gotta have like high Goji again at some point. Well, special we'll occasions. Yeah. We That's... might have withdrawal Goji. I mean, um, yeah, Goji's about to go through it because he kind of decided to throw it away. So yeah. That's what I'm most excited about uh, coming up is because I'm on like the razor's edge of, mm -hmm. and I don't know which way it could go a couple different directions. So yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I don't know if you get like funny high goji anymore, but unless he just happens to start taking it again. Anyway. Yeah, we'll see. Um, but yeah, you know, throw in a illusionary bookcase, secret, secret door. Yeah cool i just wanted to there's one funny little thing that like you guys kind of missed i wanted to tell you um so whenever you're talking to the tree and it was like <laughs> um like you had to i kind of set up a puzzle where it's like you'd have to solve the puzzle to get into the room but you guys kind of like missed it <laughs> and oh, then no. and then jonathan was just like I have a plus 12 persuasion. I'm just going to talk to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if you remember the hallway, it had like this dusty painting. And yeah. The painting had a, a family of like the royal family. And then the, the door guy, his name was Alderbury. Um, he was basically asking like, where's the king? I need to see the king. And I was like, okay, if they see the painting on the wall of the king and they can change their face. Okay. oh okay oh they're gonna know how to pretend to look like the king i just oh, thought it was funny yeah. that you guys like missed that <laughs> i didn't even think of yeah. that who has is that rav or is that flora that has that ability goji and ravman have um disguise. okay oh, i don't I think i could have looked about tall enough sometimes. i think you can only change it like a foot yeah taller or a foot shorter i thought that would have been funny if you like tried to pull it off <laughs> yeah i had no idea but yeah it's kind of funny just to set that up um but you guys got in there anyway so it worked out but oh, i loved all that and then like the moon teleportation circle stuff that, that was, was cool so cool yeah there's that and then there's the mummy fight in the catacomb before that right. yeah but yeah that was cool uh, that was the closest that my character has been to death so far like that mummy was so like over that i mean there have been like a ton of cool moments from this storyline but that one was like one of the most impactful for me just because like i almost bit it three times during that fight and people kept having to heal me and i don't remember was it me or luther that ended up getting to kill it at the end i think it was you yeah which i felt like was fitting because it had almost killed me three times and yeah. then getting to get like the twilight sword afterwards and then use that 
felt like like you earned something really cool after a boss battle like it was they had the mummy like elf fight was really cool yeah that was that was a lot of fun um uh, i'll give you guys his name his name was halthier that's cool it was a a royal guard set to keep watch over the the king's secret chamber even in death so yeah um yeah yeah. i loved all of that and how how the witch was just kind of like you know made her home in this place that had all this history and it felt tied up with the the forest and everything yeah it was was such a cool location yeah and then you had you know wolves prowling around inside and yeah yeah, that was awesome yeah i kind of wanted to make it like a disney movie mixed with like game of thrones you know yeah like but um and then kind of you know some studio ghibli vibes too yeah yeah was kind of i guess that's right that midpoint of those two things yeah exactly what was i gonna say um yeah it is interesting like talking back through all these moments and then like you know saying oh i almost died here and then thinking like what saved you a lot of times it was flora healing and it was also vona healing yeah oh man she didn't make it yeah now it's all on me. I honestly would get a little bit jealous when Vona would get to show people Aww. before me. <laughs> yeah. Damn it, Vona, I was going to do that. Now I have to come up with something else. Yeah. <laughs> I need to yeah. invest in some yeah. like healing healing potions or something now. Yeah, I feel yeah. like I feel like we got hints of Vona's like story. I wish that she had like ended up staying with us longer, but it's yeah. also one of those like there has to be a cost to everything going on and I mean it was tragic the way that she died like in that last battle just getting like rushed and stomped on basically by uh by the mammoth but it with like her dying and Jasper dying it feels like there were real like there was actual weight to the campaign and everything that we did and it's hard to get make it through a huge battle like that without having any casualties like on your side so yeah, I guess it was appropriate. Yeah, I'm just glad yeah. it wasn't one of us. Yeah, R.I.P. Yeah, yeah, you almost died in that one. True. God. Yeah, it's so interesting how, like, things really are on a razor's edge. Like, you know, I had, I, I thought the fight was gonna be balanced because you had two very powerful enemies, like above y'all's um like class but you had a bunch of npcs with you so i thought that would make up for it and it kind of worked out perfectly in that way um so yeah i try to like balance each fight enough to where it was like it could go either way um and then yeah like i didn't anticipate or plan for vona to die at all like that was completely based on like playing it out in the moment you know um yeah i I thought it was more likely that luther would die or i thought maybe like scaff would get low on health and like one of you guys would try to take him out or something like you know i i had other ideas but i was just doing like okay what happens in in the battle and you can't there's so many factors in in combat 
you really can't anticipate the story um, in any other way than playing it out, you know? No, but, yeah. I, I love the way everything went. Even like the, you know, the bats breaking into the, what were that birds? Yeah, the ravens breaking in through the windows. And yeah. that was a cool start to it. And then, yeah, Luther being the one that it was like a human beginning to the battle. The one yeah. that couldn't help it and ran out. Yeah. That was, it, it was amazing, honestly. I don't know how you tied everything together and had so many, I don't know how you managed that battle because my head would have exploded. You, you, I think you talked about this before maybe, but you made like a super like intelligent choice and by like turning it into like clusters where you were just focusing on like our characters specifically for for most of it so there were like little skirmishes that were kind of reflective of the larger battle going on so it's not like you had to do like a thousand different characters you could just focus on ours and then tell us like what the bigger things were going on like in the background too it found it seemed like a really good way to focus that final like that battle yeah i mean you know i'm not gonna say it like that was super intelligent to me it's kind of just out of necessity yeah. <laughs> like, i literally can't run like a thousand characters fighting each other you know so yeah just had to like pull focus to what mattered and that's you guys and then the npcs and just try to like yeah describe whatever's going on around that and and um account for it with like moving through the battlefield was difficult terrain like you know having little mechanical things that make it feel like you're in that situation um but yeah what else i know we're running out of time but um anything else we can get to yeah i don't know there's a whole meeting with the animal leaders there Magic. I mean, we can we can uh, do this pick it pick it up again another night if, if Jimbo you really got to go. I mean, there's not too much more for us to talk about with Lonelywood that's like worth getting into. So I don't know. Maybe if we pick like one more thing to get out. I mean, the the animal meeting and the clearing on top of the the hill thing that was that was awesome. Oh yeah, that was yeah that was huge. It was like a you know, one of the holy shit moments of, and then something we were literally right in the middle of something that was way bigger than us that we kind of stumbled into. So it was, yeah, no, that was, I, that was, yeah, one of my favorite moments. And it was, I had no idea what was going to happen. And it was so otherworldly, like, you know, meeting all these animals and they have a history here and they have like really, understand their motivations and their different relationships i don't know i yeah that was one of my favorite goji was just scared shitless surrounded <laughs> by like a thousand animals yeah i think uh, that's like the first time maybe in this storyline uh, that you understand like the magnitude of everything that's at exactly. stake and it's yeah it's hard to have moments that are actually like awe inspiring um in a yeah. story but yeah that like that visual of being surrounded by like a thousand or more animals with you right at the center and like one false move you're gonna get torn apart 
and then you also realize that all of these animals are like gonna head to the town and like wipe out this whole village of people there i think yeah that's one moment that's like yeah it's like it's all inspiring it, it just st- stays with you and shows you just like how enormous the stakes are yeah i think that was a really cool one just like i feel like it was i think we had done cliffhanger endings a few times but that was the one where it felt the most like uh ending a critical role session where you know matt's like and eh, we'll pick it up next time and everyone's like no i want to keep playing yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember stephanie was like had that kind of reaction specifically and i was like yes <laughs> you know yeah like i need to know what happens next it's like no you don't you have yeah. to wait no yeah. we waited like a month <laughs> yeah i know but yeah, yeah no, that's an awesome way to end yeah that was fun in the session yeah um can i ask one thing of jimbo real quick i don't if you have a second uh, do you have any like backup character ideas, or are you just <laughs> yeah, all in on what? <laughs> I can't help but come up with backup characters just in general for D and D. Yeah. And sometimes I'm I push Goji a little bit to like, but that's his nature, I guess, too. Like to push him based on yeah his inner conflicts and stuff, but I push him and push him and push him, and he could yeah. die. Yeah. But, Anyway, do you, um, do you have any backup ideas? I just I had curious. I had a different character idea to start this campaign where I was playing like a half elf who was like in the underground boxing circuit yeah. or something like kind of like rough rough neck guy. I don't know that I if I would go back to that or not. I might want to play like a race in a class that no one else in the party has. Um, yeah. I haven't given it much thought. I'm pretty invested <laughs> in, in Vincent. But if I playing Vincent, you should come up with a backup character. Yeah, the way that I do play it, maybe I should have a backup. But yeah, I haven't I haven't thought about it. Maybe I'll give it more consideration. The more you're invested in your one character, it's more impactful if something does happen. Hopefully nothing happens. I'm just saying. Yeah, thanks. (laughs) I hadn't thought about it. Characters can die. Oh yeah, I know. I got close. Four will never die. Right. Correct. She will never die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. But if she dies, that would be like devastating and I would have black for a month. <laughs> that I would have to work through a lot. I would might have to go to therapy for that. Oh man. Yeah. I mean, we'll see what happens. But but if she like finds her family and has a happy ending, that would be okay. I would probably then play a character that's a little bit more like outgoing and stuff, but yeah, no, <laughs> she can't die. I'll be so sad. Well, I mean, that's up to you. That's not up to me. So <laughs> it's it's up to you, Jack. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I guess we'll just go ahead and end with one last thing of like, um, what are your kind of like feelings or expectations going forward like next session or like next location next goal I mean obviously there are things that I'm gonna do that are gonna maybe point you in a direction but um I guess like right now like what do you guys feel about what's next for your characters for the story you know like what are your expectations right now uh anybody else want to go I have no expectations. 
Yeah. I know it's bad to say, but no, I don't. Okay. I haven't had expectations this whole time. Mm. Um, I I expect to be surprised and shocked and conflicted. Yeah. At some point, you'll get maybe get closer to your family. Yeah. Yeah, but who knows if that's sooner or later. <laughs> but yeah, I have no expectations. I just go into every session, just kind of like, let's go. Like, what's gonna happen? Yeah. You probably I know how Chad's brain works a lot, you know, more than you. Well, At yeah. least, I mean, I have no idea what you're gonna do, but like, you know, Goji and I am expecting to have some kind of maybe another dream sequence or something, or if it's if I'm having withdrawals and whether it's hallucinations or or dreams, maybe like, you know, did you, Jim? Did you read Drood? No? Okay. Yeah, that was kind of an inspiration for this character is when you're the main character is addicted to opiates or whatever. And at, at some point he can't tell whether he's encountering supernatural stuff or if he's hallucinating and it totally loses objectivity about it. So I don't know. I expect maybe a Goji to have some of that going on, especially with how you play the Jasper. Um but yeah, and he still doesn't really understand or know what the warlock, what the entity is. If it's just some kind of fucked up dark magic fiend, devil, demon, he doesn't really know. But uh, yeah, so either pushed further and further in that direction and maybe it gets really, goes super dark. Or somehow somebody helps him and he takes up more of a path of goodness and light somehow i don't know how but like yeah as far as setting stuff i i don't really know what i guess we're going to keep pursuing uh solving the endless winter problem so maybe keep going north if you want you don't have to yeah yeah i mean i really want to get to like iceberg glacier kind of stuff and maybe i don't yeah I just want more like ice themed. Flora wants the opposite. Flora really? is the green. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Goji doesn't, but me, I really want to have, because yeah, The Terror is one of my favorite books. And there are others. I mean, everything with like Game of Thrones and Jon Snow is awesome. But. I don't know. I want to go on a whaling ship at some point. <laughs> whether that's Goji or whether that's, I don't know. I want to go up like, have one of those icebreaker ships. Mm. I don't know if that's ever going to happen, but in its city in the ice, still don't know what that is. Rebels in the fucking glacier prison or whatever. Sounds fucking cool. I want to climb. How do you know all these things? Because I know. Okay. I don't know. Anyway. Were you mentioned in the game? Am I missing it? uh yeah i guess okay. <laughs> no i mean i just as a setting I'm, i want to keep oh, okay. seeing more of like an intense arctic we got a bunch of animal stuff but like i want to see where the yeah the setting oh, is a character yeah or i don't know did anybody read that book endurance it's the shackleton voyage I guess it's like the less horrifying version of the terror. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I don't know, just people like stranded in the Arctic, extreme weather conditions and they're totally isolated and stranded. And yeah, like the bleak, horrible nature of the setting. I want to see how far that go. Yeah. Anyway, that's all I got. He just wants to see everything destroyed. Yeah, horror. I need that. That's, that's goji. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't have a lot of expectations. Kind of like stuff. I just like roll with whatever the group decides. But I feel like we've kind of gotten some important information about her storyline and maybe like a group that we should be pursuing. So maybe that's something that we should be looking into. And then we know a little bit more about like Nareth and his background and what he's tied up in. And maybe it's time to like look into that prison a little bit too. Uh, So those are like the two things that come to mind for me, but I'm fine with like diverting and going like anywhere else too. Cool. Yeah. We'll see what happens where you guys end up going. I'm excited to see what you choose. But yeah, then I'm just gonna have to develop it all like Lonelywood. But again, you know, I think going forward, I really don't know how it's gonna play out, but it would be cool to like jump around more places more often. Um, I don't know if that's how it's going to work out or not, but yeah, I mean, like, hopefully we can level up a little bit faster instead of, like, once every six months. Um, Yeah, yeah. But still do it in, like, an earned way and everything. Um, Yeah. But yeah, I'm just like, oh, man, I can't wait for just, like, a few days from now when we play or whatever next week. I'm just, like, I'm so excited. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, me too. Yeah. That was, that feels like you, you keep learning as you go. And um, that was, you know, tied that kind of arc together. And I know you keep having ideas for where things could go and yeah, learning as a DM or whatever, even though you're already awesome. But yeah, I can't wait to see what happens next. I don't know. I also want to see fucking more of Ravnin stuff. God damn it. Me too. I'm excited so for that. So mysterious. Or some elven adventures. Yeah. Or any, yeah, the, what's that? What? Lewin Van Zant? Is that guy's going to show up again? Lewin? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. KK Slider. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Do you yeah, play maybe. Animal Crossing? I just know who he is. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, I think everyone's like on the right kind of tracks or whatever. Like, you know, you probably get some stuff you're expecting, a lot of stuff you're not. But yeah, I think we'll go ahead and wrap it up. Um, it's a lot of fun. Thanks, guys, for talking. Um, yeah. I'll do it again after you know the next like big turning point in the story. Um, have to get Jonathan back. Yeah. Dealing with his um household of um individuals. Cat, cat, cat and dog fam. Yeah. But yeah, and yeah, and then I mean just to reiterate, like it's awesome that we all get to do this together, and you know yeah. I get to 
be creative and you know facilitate it and it's a lot of fun for me so anyway yeah uh, no uh, it's yeah my favorite thing in the world if i can't yeah everything i do is D D. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun so far. I think there's like plenty more story to get into. Yeah. Excited about it. All right. Well, I don't know if you want to go ahead and stop recording. And then uh, I know you got to head out. So. All right. Stopping recording. Bye. Bye, Bye, fans. Enjoy listening to this. Bye, fans. (laughs) No.